resisting the urge to attack each other with machetes. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 372 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly. This week I'm joined by Andres. Hello, Sam. Uh, the man who would like me to stop calling him English Dan. Hello and welcome. Can't see it happening now. Tony. Hello. And a new team member. Uh, welcome to Hand of Pod. Santi Balsa. Balsa? Balsa. Balsa. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be, to be joined by um, you guys. I don't know whether you've already told Dan who you support, Santi. I didn't, which <coughs> might be why he's allowed you in. Uh, but would you like to, for the benefit of our listeners, just tell us a little bit of about course. yourself, including uh, who you support? Well, of course, um, I'm uh, 20 years old, to, to the surprise of many people in this, in this table. And that's more of a reason to not let him in the house rather than the team you support. <laughs> 20. Underage. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The reason Dan is so pissed about my presence here is also the the fact that I support in, I support Independiente. That's all right. I just feel sorry for you guys, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll touch on that later. We'll touch two, on that later. Yeah. We'll touch on that later. It would have been uh, nice to have this first meeting a week ago, but obviously Dan was on holiday. It would have been lovely. Um, I didn't realize until the other day was although I've been sending Santi. Uh, the, he, he's been part of the Hand of Pod email contact group since the start of the year and then the other, the other day I discovered he actually hasn't because for some reason Gmail didn't add your address well thank god you didn't I, I, wouldn't wanna, I wouldn't have wanted to be in this table a week ago no we, I, I would so have very much uh, found it amusing so, to have <laughs> anyway it's good for him to say that he's funny for the pendiente right now it's brave. It's, yeah. it's good. It's, you have to have, have guys. I mean, I've been a fan of Independent for the last 20 years, so it's make this, it makes no difference to me. <laughs> I mean, does it? Uh, Santi and I first met through Peter, funnily enough, our other tamed Independiente fan. Um, yeah. And then more recently, I mentioned a, few, a couple of weeks ago um, that I was uh, on a podcast with Guillaume Balaguer, which will be coming out at some point this year about Maradona <laughs> um, Santi was one of the other people on that podcast so keep an eye out for that um, we are also sponsored by Fanatis if you're outside Argentina then Fanatis allows you to watch the Superliga the Copa Superliga and loads of other stuff even more than all just all of that if you're in the United States you can get the Continental South American Cups as well um, and because of their sponsorship you can get a 7 day free trial followed by 20% off your first 3 months with Fanatis if you go to fntz.co slash HOP and use the discount code HOPFZ. And we're sponsored by somebody else now as well. Oh, we? Because for one month only, one of our regular Patreon supporters has very, very generously decided to up his donation. Uh, it's actually for the month of March, but it's so generous that I'm going to mention it now as well. Um, to our sponsorship Patreon tier, which is $100 a month. Um, so thank you very much indeed Prismek Sobstel I really hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly if I'm not then please write and correct me 
um, who would like me to mention his uh, website, which he has set up, which is an online archive of Argentine national team players, mm-hmm. which he's actually emailed me about a couple of times, and I keep forgetting to respond. Um, but it, you will find it at albicelestes.com. Um, that's A-L-B-I-C-E-L-E-S-T-E-S.com, for those of you who don't speak Spanish. Um, and, yeah, he's basically set it up for himself. Um, and it, it's a bit of an archive and, and general Excellent. data dump. Very it, it generous. Looks, thank uh, you very uh, much. Yeah, it, it, looks, it looks very interesting. Thank um, you. So thank you very much, Prismek, and we will keep uh, viewers up to... Li- viewers? Listeners. <laughs> Not branching out into television just yet. <laughs> up to date. And we will eat this month. That's for sure. Indeed. Uh, the scores from the Superliga weekend just gone were as follows. I haven't opened my live score up since halfway through Chelsea against Man United yesterday, so I've got to find them, first of all. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard you, Padronato 1, you nil. Thank you. On Friday, then Cologne 1, Racing Club 1. Why the you are there already? Or yes, no, I've got it now. Yeah, Thank you, Andres. Vélez okay. uh, versus Godoy Cruz, although we forgot to mention last week, but it was cancelled because the Jaguares, uh, Argentina's super rugby team, um, had a had a home match. On, yes. Was it super yes. rugby? Or was yeah, it just a yeah friendly? super rugby. Okay. Yeah, and they won. At Vélez's stadium. It got, I found that a bit weird because they, can, they announced that that game was cancelled a week before the match. Mm-hmm. And I was like... They presumably they didn't just book the ground for that game just no. then, and the fixture shunting around and everything happened like three weeks ago. So why didn't you just mention it then? I think I'm, I'm I might wrong, but I think the it, it, it should be the first uh, Hawares um, away match, but it wasn't. It was home. Right? Oh, they so, switched the yeah. Yeah. So like a, uh, like a last minute change. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Anyway, as Andres has already said, he's given us those first two scores. Uh, Vélez versus Godoy Cruz was cancelled, or well, postponed rather. Um, and then the other scores went Huracán 0, Aldo Civi 2, Atlético Tucumán 0, Argentinos 2, although Atlético Tucumán did win that one 2 0 on red cards. Um, <laughs> Rosario Central 1, Gimnasia 0, Tacheres 1, San Lorenzo 0 Tacheres also won 2-1 on red cards for that one and also <laughs> while we're at it Aldo Civi had a man sent off against Oracan and Union had a man sent off in their defeat to Patronato um, River 1 Banfield 0 Lanús 1 Newells 1 Central Cordoba 0 Boca Juniors 4 Estudiantes 1 Defensa y Justicia 2 so basically since I've said that Estudiantes aren't going to be conceding any goals they haven't kept a clean sheet since then I don't think and Independiente 1 and one red card. Arsenal, they start on the Six one. and six. Six red cards in six games. Exactly. That's wow. consistency right there. <laughs> was the debut of, uh, well, not debut, but the, uh, the coming back of Marco Rojo, the first match that he played since he can, came back? Yeah. Yep. Uh, if he, yeah, did he play? Yes. He did, he did. Didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he did. yes, it was. It the previous week was when he was introduced to the crowd, but he just mm. got off the plane a couple of days before, so they didn't actually put him on the pitch. Instantly making Estudiantes is... Defence worse, it seems. Contrary to what I'd expected. Yeah. Um, so we may as well start there. Then Rojo and Mascherano, as, as I've been saying for a couple of weeks, that's going to be an unbeatable. Joe former uh, national team. Uh, yeah, the last game they played together would have been the four-three defeat against France. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. yes, good spot. Yeah. Sadly, they seem to have picked up where they left. Yeah. Off. The, the day, the <laughs> day, the day Rojo succumbed to Kylian Mbappe. Indeed. He considered that penalty. Yes, and um, 
uh, at the weekend it was Ruben Botta and Francisco Pizzini running rings around Rojo and company, anyway. Pizzini um, often known as the Argentine Mbappé, of course. Indeed, yes. yes. Or rather long, the, Ar- the Argentine Gisalinga probably would be very, very possibly for his long distinguished spell at Independiente, right? Yeah. Where he was always just kind of on the verge of breaking out and being good, but never really nah, making Give him time, give him time. Give him, he's, yeah. only, he's only on loan. He'll come back. He's still 28, 6, 7 probably. Mm. He's been around for a while, yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. perennial great hype. I'm following the likes of Patito Rodriguez Oof. and Martin Benitez. Patito Rodriguez is plays in India, right? I don't have a clue. Or Malaysia, somewhere. Very like. possibly. It sounds like a place. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Francisco Pizzini is 26, anyway. Uh, so, not no. a bad guess, Santi. Um, yeah, defensively, was DCR unbeaten in quite some time. Um, I had a feeling that they, they were on a, a fairly decent run. They've, they've drawn a few, but they're, they're one, two, three, four... Oh, hang on, I've just counted up wins and losses, can't I? So, it's four wins and three draws um, since their last loss, which was that uh, defeat to Newell's. Towards well, this the, was their the, first victory the under Hernan Crespo. Yes, it was. They won, they, the first game of, yeah. they won the first game of 2020, but he was only in the stands, I think. He wasn't yeah, he had just yet been, coaching. He had just been um, announced as manager only exactly. a few days before. Yeah. So. The, the victory in Tacheres, was that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And then and then 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 three draws and then finally... It's impressive they bounced back in this way after their squad had basically been completely torn apart since the... Their yeah, and they had something like 10 defeats in the first 12 matches, something ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and, and actually, I, I remember like um, looking at uh, as a picture of their 11 under Becacese in their mm. in their previous campaign, and literally everyone, except goalkeeper Unsain, had left the club mm-hmm. since, mm-hmm. in six months. Yeah, 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 we spoke at the beginning of the season about the amount of churn that came about partly as a result of their, their transfer policy and their, their club model at the moment, obviously. Um, but their record overall in the Superliga now is eight wins, five draws and seven losses, which means that they have got exactly half of their wins and more than half of their draws since their last loss. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they've now played 20 games, then of the first 12, as you mentioned, Dan, that was four wins, two draws and seven losses. Yeah. Um, that does that up to 13. So I've gone a bit wrong but there. That but anyway, like that. what makes a, a, a team almost all the team owned by Bragnik? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean you can say that about half the league. To be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Bragnik Superliga. No, indeed. Um, at the top of the table, there were two very obvious matches to concentrate on. No offence at all to Argentinos and Lanús fans, whose teams are still mathematically in the title race. Um, but realistically, we can probably just be talking about a two-team sprint now to the finish uh, because both River and Boca won their matches um, while Argentinos... So Argentinos did win theirs, uh, but Lanús, of course, were held um, at home to Newell's Old Boys. Um, River and Boca won in rather different styles, it mm-hmm. must be said. River, first mm-hmm. of all, to... I guess they had the, perhaps the nerves a little bit of knowing that they needed to win in order to ensure that they would stay top of the table, whatever, and then Boca responded um, with that thrashing of Central Cordova. Um, so let's talk about River first. They had to dig very deep, as you would expect to have to do, against Julio Cesar Falcioni <laughs> managing Banfield. Um, they were perhaps helped by the fact that Banfield um, 
just couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Um, and maybe by one or two other slightly fortuitous moments as well. Should have been, been more, more comfortable for River. In, at least uh, for the score, it would have been two or three nil. There was a penalty missed by, by Borre, the fourth penalty in a row missed by River mm. overall. Uh, but they had their plenty of chances. In the second half was uh, mm. Arboleda, the one who prevented River from scoring more goals. Uh, and of course, lack of accuracy. In the, the end of the match, there was, there was a rain, a rain there, and that of course made things even more difficult. Mm. For, for example, for Skoko to score uh, what could, could have been simpler. Simple for him, if you take into account the, 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 the finish he had against Central Cordoba. Yeah, and of course we had the introduction of Danny Stein, which oh, yes. very we nearly changed the course of the match. Yes, uh, and Yeah, it might have done if he'd gone for something a bit less spectacular and just... Um, we have to say about no, him... No, but he That chip was I mean, glorious, absolutely we have, glorious. We have to say about him that, of course, he, three years with no, no playing professionally, uh, there were doubts about his physical... Uh, 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 form, but he was the one who could uh, pass by through through Robert Rojas, who had been a rock since then. So uh, that since has certainly triggered a lot of tweets reading Klaus's permanent. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, them. I mean he hadn't played in. Uh, I think somebody tweeted one thousand three hundred days, which is more than four years. More, more, almost exactly four years. No, his last game was in 2016, June 2016. Okay, so three and a half years. Three and a half years. I was a little bit surprised about the defence of Anfield, especially in the first half, because especially Lolo was atrocious. Yes. Mm. He has been atrocious, eh? I know, I know. I mean, I'm not saying that Lolo is the new Maldini, but (laughs) since the, from the penalty uh, until the first, uh, end of the first half, he did everything wrong, and I don't know if, if that's just but uh, Falcioni trying to give him a little bit of confidence, given uh, how bad uh, his real spell was, or what was into I Falcioni's head. Because uh, you don't put that kind of player without that high of a confidence playing a, a team like River. I, I, I think, think that part of it is. I mean, the, the last time that Luciano Lolo really looked like a class centre back was with Racing. Right, I'm talking like about 2014, six years ago. Pretty much agree that that transfer to River was sort of the beginning of a, a slump for whatever reason. And one thing I do think, just the injuries, really. I think yeah. he did leave Racing as probably the best defender mm. in, in Argentina or yeah, yeah. thereabouts, but he just has rotten luck, kind of niggling injuries that just didn't let him play at all. And then no, and other even players came in, Pinola, yeah, Maidana, of course, was and way there. way older players let done him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for a defender, the most important thing always is just consistency, being actually able to play week in, week out. You might be able to get away with it if you're a striker, missing a couple of games here, a couple of games there. But if you're a defender, the least, least you can do is play 90% of matches. And being able to bed in with a new team as well. Exactly, injured, River decided to sign him even though he failed the medical. Yeah. And so he just he didn't have any time to get to know his teammates. I mean, off the pitch, sure, yeah, obviously, but on the pitch, which <laughs> no, is just matters. a disastrous signing, really. But even when he was at Racing, he wasn't, as you say, he was probably the best centre back in Argentina at Racing. But he wasn't the quickest centre back in Argentina. And no, if there's no, one no. team that you want some pace at the back when you're playing against them, it's yeah. this River Plate team. I mean, it didn't have to be because in the system Diego Coco used uh, uh, when Racing finished chat. 
champions in 2014. He always played with uh, Ezequiel Videla as, um, as a defensive midfielder. He basically just went everywhere. He was like mm-hmm. so the hedgehog across the pitch, going zoom, 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 covering everything. And the two centre backs who were Lolo and either Nico Sanchez or Jonathan Cabral, both of whom are not the quickest guys in the no. world either. They pretty much just had to sit back, and if the ball came through, just belt it back up the back up the pitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with River, you know, they play a lot higher up. They like to press a the lot tra- more. They also try to stretch the the opposite the opposite defense all the time, like with exactly, their runs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as Andres said, Rafael Santos Borre hit the... Well, and Andres didn't mention that he hit the woodwork, but he did. He, he failed to score a penalty, hit the crossbar there, and then he hit the post as well in the second half, just before he was subbed. Um, so Gashando obviously got a bit fed up with watching him find new ways to miss chances. So what's um, that, five from five for River now in 2020? No. Uh, sorry, it's four wins out of four in 2020. Is that including the game they had against Independiente? Yep. I thought we'd have more, but we've had four rounds. Sorry, you're quite right. Yeah, yeah, it's five for five. I was getting confused yeah, because five, we've had five, four five. rounds and I forgot about that. Yeah, the, the River game was, was a postponed one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in similarly brilliant form are Boca, who maintained, uh, sort of, I guess, hanging on to River's coattails uh, with a masterpiece of counter-attacking football. Despite missing been... two penalties. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's quite a... Anything you can do, I can yeah. do better. Those so, are uh, actually Diego Rodriguez's first ever penalty saves. Yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. Which well, it surprised me. I kind of had it you know, down in my head, and as a generally useless keeper who could nevertheless save penalties, but apparently not. Not even that. Yeah, he no. was actually a better penalty scorer than a penalty saver. That's right. Yeah, he used to. Take yeah, I remember like uh, he used to make the, that uh, walk walk in instead of running the jog the walk. Penalty. Yeah, the trot. That's the one. You exactly. may like him or not, but he has bad luck. You, you say two penalties and you concede four goals. Hmm. That's <laughs> nah, that's not bad luck. But many of the but goals is bad positioning, no, it's bad handling. No, it's, it's, about, it's about the it's defense also, as well. It's also, also, also it's, it's, it's a job of the defense, really of course, yeah. I'm hoping the, the, the score was not his fault. It was merely with the bad pass. And, um, oh yeah, I'm talking I about mean, this you, game. You yeah. can put all the blame of, on a goalkeeper on, the, on each of the goals scored, I, I think. I mean... It was yeah. collectively just a terrible performance from Central Gorda yeah. and a very good performance from, from Boca. Yeah, the thing is, uh, Boca are finally like capitalizing on their very, very strong forward line. Mm-hmm. And fast. Well, you're saying, Sam, is that they lot. play contra-attack. That's the style, perhaps. They, yeah, they are I mean, we've, we've been praising them. I've been praising them since the start of the year for finally looking like they've got a plan. and, and They just they play to the strengths. They go out knowing what they're going to do. It's not try and score a goal at some point and then just sit back and settle for it and try to defend the 1-0 at all costs as they were doing at times against, uh, against under Alfaro last year um, and the other thing that Tony and I pointed out almost simultaneously um, on Twitter <laughs> during the game so I'm, I'm going to hand over to Tony to, um, to say it uh, we, we were talking in, 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 a, in the episode after the game against Tacheres that how quick Marcos Dia was uh, with the ball uh, given to the midfielders and forwards to, mm-hmm. to start the counter-attack and, and Andrada did the same so basically that's the plan uh, when the goalkeeper has the ball after a corner kick or a, or a free kick you know roll it out to the midfielders and forwards to, to capitalise um, mm. the transition in defence and how, how bad the, like the, the opposition starting, team is start, starting counters with, their, with the goalkeeper with the passes Bicha yeah. and Salvio will be because they are the fastest yeah, and even is not. yeah, but even if you don't have actually the fastest players in the world, 
if the other team is not sitting well in defense, uh, defending the, their, own, their own corner kick or their own free kick, you will give spaces. Yeah, those are, those are characteristic also, well, that is a characteristic that, uh, that's also in Martin Campagna of Independiente, who is also like, really good at in his distribution to mm. start counters. Mm. The fact whether they score or not score those counters is a different, <laughs> it's a different story, but yeah. he does have very good distribution but it's, as it's well. A, it's a good thing for the goalkeeper coach. Exactly. To to not only the shot shot stopping but also distributing really well the ball especially with the with the hand which is difficult honestly. Yeah. Uh, Independiente on Monday evening I did not see because it was on Monday evening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How did, uh, how did it go, Santi? Dreadful. I think the um, the best way to describe it is dreadful. Basically because. Um, Again, Independiente are showing like a really, really clear lack in some sort of build-up play. I mean, that's what you expect when you when you let go of both the the best creators in the in the in the squad, mm. as they did with Domingo and Paulo Perez, and brought no one to replace them. But Independiente always well, seems in like this. You've got an increased sense of <coughs> team happiness and well-being to replace Pablo Perez. That's going to count for something. <laughs> Yeah, no, the timing could have, couldn't have been worse, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, Independiente are constantly looking like they are like way too desperate, way too nervous. They always like um, all of their moves are broken in the in the final third. They never seem to find that final pass. They always play with the with the fans against them. I think that may be also a a factor actually in the in the last few minutes. Every ball touched by uh, Alexander Agosta was greeted with jeers mm-hmm. by, by the home fans just like, as they did with Cecilio Dominguez in the Sudamericana game and uh, I think it is a very worrying uh, worrying result despite the fact that they didn't lose because even though um, Pusineri now seems more inclined to give opportunities to youth players this, it still seems like a very very unbalanced squad a very um, a squad that just doesn't seem to know what what's their strengths, what what is what they what they need to do to get to get to the to get to the other to the other edge of the box. And uh, even when when Pusineri made made the changes necessary, he, he only had like strikers. I mean, the strikers are attacking midfielders. I mean, when you look at Independiente's best youngers, you you talking about players like Saldita Gonzalez and Chaco Martinez and Soñor and Velasco. They're mostly four players. You don't have anyone who can like generate play, and the one who is supposed to do it, Andres Roa, has been very, very bad in the last. Or defender of salt if you need to. Also. Yeah, yeah, that's another. That's I mean, that, that's not the case in this one because you had to equalize. But yeah. if, for example, the game against Boca, you 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 will need someone to protect the line and don't get. Um, yeah, and supposedly Luca Romero is has hasn't exactly been awful in that role. The thing is, like, uh, one of the things. Um, just as players like uh, well, Pablo Perez in the past and Cecilio Dominguez, he doesn't seem to have like um, the ability to be like mentally like uh, he he's lacking some kind of like coldness to like cope with a uh, cope with adversity. He has this problem that most independent players have that they get way too nervous, way too early, and uh, well, that results in most of the most being broken so you, down you, in the final third. You think this is like a a vicious circle between the club and the players like they get to independiente and the pressure they get from the fans and the, and everyone around the club 
gives them that nervousness or it's yeah it's I think it can definitely happen in a big club I've seen of it course, yeah. at times in Racing as well kind of yeah, like for Independiente it's especially, it is especially worrying because there's this culture of, around the fans as well you, you may have known this before about the Paladar Negro mm-hmm. the Black Paladar how most te- most other teams in Argentina uh, have uh, said Independiente fans are bitter amargos because they are always like expecting way too much from their players all the time especially when a couple of years ago in the Pente were probably the best, team, the best team in Argentina so um, this uh, this culture it, it added up to the fact that uh, most of Independiente's new signing well new signings the signings they brought in like uh, six, six months ago or, or a year ago were brought on for a lot of money well Cecilio Dominguez is still Independiente's uh, most expensive player ever at six million, and they're still expected to deliver right away. And when this doesn't happen, fans will get way more uh, paranoid and way more toxic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Toxic, mm-hmm. impatient. It's like an emergency calls another emergency, and mm. and, and when exactly. they when the coach uh, uh, makes make uh, kids uh, jumping to the, the matches like they are with all that pressure. In, uh, over their shoulders exactly. and, and they can't develop their what they and, are. And then you have some 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 stuff uh, uh, off the pitch. Like today, I read that Patricio Bullrich wants to run as a president of Independiente. <laughs> no, the thing is, the off the pitch, the, the off the pitch, um, everything that's going on off the pitch in Independiente has a direct impact on the pitch. I mean, most of this team, most of the failures of this team can relate straight on the backs of the Mojanos. I think mm. in their in their de- in the transfer de- in transfer dealings in the in their awful, awful uh, business when buying and selling players. And uh, the fact that uh, they haven't shown any sign of um, remorse, not remorse, but like um, self-assessment in their in their statements to the press, I think this will fuel up the flames even mm. more. It's like everyone is trying to like finish this uh, tournament as soon as possible, come June as, as soon as possible. So they can like right all the wrongs they have they have done this January. What yeah, was uh, Moshana's phrase today when asked about the fans? They were they were like the insulting fans. Four bruises, four mm. brain geese. <laughs> and then yeah, he said something so like, I, "I can't put on my boots and go out and score goals for the team." Yeah. And it's like, well, and Pusineri, well, 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 the team was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, he yeah. didn't ask for any new signings. I mean, yeah. well, I, I wasn't exactly <laughs> present in those press conferences. What he when in every single press conference he was requesting new signings, but as far as I know, I think he's fine with the team. He's gonna he's gonna give opportunity to the youngsters, yeah. you know. I mean, but it's all well and good playing youngsters, of course. But when you've spent the money that Independiente have spent in constructing your team, and then you have to turn to the youngsters, yeah, that's a bad. It's a symptom. bad sign. It's a bad, it a bad sign. I mean, they're playing not because they are actually good and ready to mm. go into the first team, but yeah. because. There's nobody else uh, yeah, totally. with enough quality to play. I mean, it's it's a very worrying situation in the Bendy Hapoel right now. You said Paulo Perez, of course. We won't uh, uh, ignore his quality, but uh, you knew how he was in terms of the, the his personality and with the wages, high high wages. And you are saying that you have no money or that you are not with the the, the best. Yeah, I think that was one of the worst, uh, one of the worst mistakes by the Mojano administration by far this January. I mean, the fact that they they have enough money to like um, 
try to kick him out of the club as soon as possible, but not enough money to actually buy a replacement for him. And the fact that Independiente got rid of seven players, three or four of them, which were undisputed starters, and they didn't bring anyone to occupy those spaces. Well, and there's even rumors or even more players leaving with uh, Franco with an offer from LA Galaxy and uh, mm. Benitez and Cecilio Dominguez with, with some offers as well. That's what happens when you... When you pay some such high wages to players, you yes. Right now, it's more important, even more important. Uh, that uh, sometime before it was the other way, the other way around. But now it's more important the wages you pay than the the the, the, the payment or the price of the transfer, perhaps. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing is, I mean, the wages are is what you're going to pay the player every every week, every month, and uh, if he doesn't justify those wages. Um, I mean, problems are going to rise. I mean, Pablo Perez is uh, someone who has undisputed quality on the pitch, but he's very inconsistent. And like every single player and fan in Argentine football knows that he's a hothead. Mm-hmm. And yes. they're going to do absolutely everything to get to get on, under his skin, to get mm-hmm. on his nerves. Uh, I remember uh, particularly when they played Argentinos that Argentinos have a, back, um, a centre-back partnership with uh, of Quintana and Torren who are like... Mm-hmm. Real, they, they, they play man, mind games all the time with the rivals. I mean, they wind up merchants would be the phrase in English. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. Exactly, yeah. like uh, they are like the masters in getting under your skin all the time. I mean, I, I actually saw that against Boca as well. Like they're a real annoyance to play against them. <laughs> it's a real, real, real annoyance. And uh, when you have some someone like Paulo Perez on the you know, opposite team, I mean, it's make, it makes your job much easier if he doesn't like impact the game in immediately. I mean, you could see that against Boca. That's like the quintessential Paulo Perez game. Mm. Um, I'm going to put in a, a, a quick word as an aside for Leandro Fernandez, who scored Independiente's very, very late equaliser, um, and who also managed to get himself. I mean, he, he basically had a proper Jekyll and Hyde period of extra time uh, because having been a second half substitute he got himself booked for a foul in the 93rd minute equalised in the 95th minute and then got a second yellow card and got sent off in the 95th minute which I'm assuming must have been for taking his shirt off to celebrate or yep. something equally stupid pure but. genius what? Yep. Yeah. He, he forgot he was he was Yellow card only in that manner. I mean, it's we not like him. it's not like he was uh, he was booked in the in the first half or early yeah. in the second half. He was yeah. booked like two minutes, two minutes before. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, he didn't. I mean, that speaks of his mentality as well. I mean, he didn't like look for the ball and try to put it in the in the in the center spot yeah. and like try to make a quick kick off and try to find but, the result later. He but just then Campania said. It's, it's nothing to, to celebrate for, uh, and he wasn't done <laughs> because of that. I mean, that speaks of what what kind of players you have in Independiente right now. I mean, people who just, uh, I mean, they they seem to be content with uh, with getting a result yeah. like this, no just matter how. To be able to get out of the stadium alive, I suppose, because after what happened with Racing, and if you lose one 0 at home to Arsenal the next match. You're gonna struggle to get a hug. Yeah, but I mean, the fans aren't precisely are precisely content with this result either. You know. I no, mean, of course. But yeah, I mean, the fate is. But even crushed. if you want to do that, you don't take your shit off. In the middle, off, they, they defeated Fortaleza. <laughs> we we recorded before that match. We did. Yeah, I mentioned it right at the end of the uh, theme music last week. They beat Fortaleza. Was it one 0 One 0 Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it, it was a very similar game in the sense that uh, they still have great problems uh, to to like uh, build up play and actually create. 
big chances. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's it's frustrating actually to like keep in the Benito getting into the box with like four or five men and always finding a way to mess up. Uh, we will go over, uh, we'll sort of mop up the qualifying rounds of the Libertadores and Sudamericanas so far when we get into the second half of the podcast. Um, for now, let's move on to Racing, Dan, who, um, congratulations on the classical win, first of all, because you weren't here last week, uh, but obviously we did cover it. Uh, so Excellent. we won't go into that this yeah. week. But Thank uh, you. All I'll say is I watched it in a bar in La Pedrera in Uruguay. Uh, the only other people in the bar were two Independiente fans. Um, oh. And they left in a half. I while I was the... celebrating and basically waving now over my head like a, like a shirt. Oh, I was about to say, you, you, your kid it's, it doesn't have a defeat so far so, in the classical. So. This is true. This is true. Anyway, uh, what he also has is a draw away to Colón this weekend, mm-hmm. just gone, um, which wasn't one of the weekend's more entertaining matches. <laughs> no, it was one I watched again in, in a bar because holiday. Um, and I was, yeah, eating dinner. I had it kind of on in the background, no sound, um, not the best image, so I was kind of not entirely engrossed um, I thought the positive thing from Racing's point of view is that they avoided a kind of um, post-classical hangover mm-hmm. considering that they had two very important players suspended in Gaby Arias the goalkeeper and Sigali um, the centre-back both of whom uh, got sent off against Independiente when yeah. Racing went down to nine men and yet came back to win the game <laughs> Just to add context. <laughs> so Tony is now mining a knife being twisted. And on top of that, um, one of the other heroes from, from that game, in which Ras- Neri <laughs> 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 uh, Dominguez. Um, I know you're playing home right now, but... Yeah. Uh, he finished that game. May I remember that Neri Dominguez won the Copa Sudamericana with Independiente as well? Yeah. It's good to have him on your team, I must say. I'm a <laughs> uh, Neri Dominguez finished that game with a dislocated shoulder. Uh, he finished in 90 minutes. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, he, he, like, understandably, he wasn't available five days later to, to play against Colón. So, it was pretty much a, a ragtag racing team. They did have Matias Saracho back after his um, supporting, I guess is the fairest way to say. He wasn't key for Argentina, but he... Came on and had a few interesting stints yeah, and the in their pre-Olympic uh, qualifying tournament. Not only was he back, he scored. He scored the goal, yeah. And uh, it was another draw. It's the third draw under Becasis since he's taken over. Um, uh, three draws out of four. The other game <laughs> <laughs> last Sunday uh, with two players fewer. Um, I mean, the script that uh, sound, doesn't it? But the uh, the nature of the draw was a little bit more encouraging than I think the other two games, which were against Atlético Tucumán and Argentinos. I think mm. we glimpsed a little bit more uh, of what the Becasese idea might be uh, for Racing. The passing was a little bit slicker. Uh, the movement looked a lot more coherent. Uh, players were getting forward, um, uh, despite kind of like the physical emotional toll which had. Um, which still weighed, I think, on the team going into that game, and I think, yeah, they were they were unlucky to to draw it. The um, the golfer Colón was a bit of a fuck up, uh, long cross to the back post. Javi Garcia, for all his um, uh, 
his many qualities is a little bit of a Dracula as shown, goalkeeper. As shown in the previous Sunday against Independiente. You said that. Um, <laughs> he's a little bit of a Dracula. Uh, he's not fond of crosses. Uh, flatted it a bit and... Um, Look, he was kind of a, a typical uh, Osela goal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I mean, fair. I mean, Osela doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't like good football or flashy football. <laughs> Just get it. Who's that out there? Get it in there. Getting a Racing fan and an Union fan to discuss Colón's performance against Racing is clearly not the greatest. You should, you should no, Colón held their own. They did what they had to do. Uh, Racing could have nicked it right at the end. I think it was uh, Darío Stutanich who uh, spent... Uh, glorious chance. Oh yeah! And there was one other two, uh, the culprit of whom I cannot remember. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think on balance, Racing could have taken the three points, which would have really kind of propelled them up there. They would have been, if not on the cusp of the Libertadores, at least kind of one or two points behind. I think now they're three points off. Uh, yeah. Lanus in fourth. It's still pretty tight from Lanus all yeah. downwards. We'll get to so, the well, Yeah, it would have been, yeah, um, been would have been a welcome three points uh, this weekend. It's another away game um, in uh, San Lorenzo, mm-hmm. which has been a fairly happy hunting ground for Racing. Um, and speaking of San Lorenzo, you want to do the segue? Go for it. To complete <laughs> our tour of the Big Five, um, they lost one 0 away to Tacheres. They were. Atrocious. Yep. I mean, just we keep thinking San Lorenzo can't get any worse, and then they manage it. They kind of have and two games like where they look like they're just about now. to take off, and then straight back down to you. There's the blueprint, perhaps for a, for a San. Uh, uh, I mean, like the players a, are there. Like sure. Effective, like an effective San Lorenzo society. Uh, I mean, if he if uh, Monaris could like um, make a better use of uh, his wing backs, especially Piton mm. uh, and. Piton and Herrera, but the thing is, as as soon um, as long as he keeps on with this, like more, um, how can I say, like conservative mm. and very like safe way of playing. I mean, he yeah. and he keeps like mistrusting most of his most of his youth play, youth players. I mean, they're not gonna get any far. Are they? Yeah, you look at the San Lorenzo squad and you think this is a squad to attack. Exactly. You've got so much talent there. The Romero twins. You've got guys. You've got. Well, you're you're assuming that Monarch is not gonna get fired soon because there's a lot of rumors around it. Mm. In the middle of the game, mm. he got heated with some. I speak of the Romero twins. Yeah, they want to fill off, in. off the beach, of course. Mm. Well, that, I mean, that was the main story of the game was that they <laughs> he wanted to sub one of them at half time, and the other the other one said no, he can't do this or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he didn't want to play. Of course, he will. Yeah. Um, I, I know that uh, I think in the week before there were certain rumblings that all were not well that they had left training early or there was something yeah but in the middle of the game there was a relative of, the, of them that they wanted to go into the training sessions and the security staff didn't uh, allow him to, to go and like that, a, nor- I like a normal I training the, 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 the twins uh, hmm. Yeah, but now that they wanted to take one of them in the halftime and the other yes. one said I don't want to play if he doesn't play. So and after that apparently uh, Monaris wanted to to well stop uh, stop playing uh, stop playing both of the Romeros. He wanted like to like take them out, take them away from the squad and Tinelli had to get uh, get into that uh, that argument and tell him you can't do that. 
Because the game was still nil nil, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It was. Um, Tasharism, I mean, sorry, and he could, they couldn't score even when the goalkeeper wasn't off. And Nahuel Bustos was at goal, so if that doesn't change. That says a lot, yes. Yeah, yeah. Tasharis are no great shakes at all, but I mean, they were still far, far better. You know, end up 1 0, but it could have been more comfortable for them. Nahuel Bustos was back, and I think that. He was on goal, but before <laughs> he was in goal, he, he scored and saved. Yeah. Uh, two things that I forgot to mention about games we've already talked about. Uh, Colón are now seven games without a win. Um, and in relegation zone after the other CV one. And in the Boca game against Central Cordoba. Well, quick not to to make course. that remark. Of course, <laughs> I was waiting for like two weeks for that. and by defeating Huracan, they are out of the relegation zone now. Yes, and Colón have just dropped into it. Yeah, because yes. of Aldo Civi's win. Um, and in the Boca game, not only were those two penalty saves the first penalties that Diego Rodriguez has ever saved. But they were also the first two penalties that Boca have been awarded in their last 70 matches. Wow. Which, 70? Yes. What does happen to Penal para Boca? Which is not <laughs> something, well, at least in the league. It might, it might right. be that the Libertadores or whatever they've had them awarded. It's, it's, Th- it's not a statistic that you expect to hear in relation to no, I mean, sorry. any of Argentina's big five, but least of all River or Boca. It seems sorry, but they have been awarded a penalty in the last match also. I think yes. Uh, in that case, it might be that they had two penalties awarded in the previous seventy games, and then they got two penalties yeah. awarded in uh, one. And that sounds, yeah. more, sounds like more plausible. It's still it's still a very very low figure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that says a lot about how how much they've been little the time they spent in the box. With <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly like uh, an indication of like referees being being more strict towards. No, totally. I think we've said it before. Um, kind of from the opposite point of view, the reason that. River gets so many penalties is that because they spend so much time in mm. in, in the, the opposition box. area and in, running out it's defenders yeah. in the box yeah. at high speed yeah yeah and Boca just haven't done it until, <laughs> until now apparently. but I think you'll find the official line is that it's a big conspiracy because the, the Superliga and the AFA are run by River and the oh yeah <laughs> and Comedy World as well right yeah Indeed. FIFA so uh, ne- next week they're going to run they're going to be run by Boca Star Trek mm. everyone everyone I suppose indeed um Tony, we have talked about River, we've talked about Independiente, we've talked about Racing. Do you want to say anything about Union? Oh, what's atrocious. I hope that the Patronato people in Paraná, which is my province, they, they, they do put a, a something on the, the, on the stadium, like the best ever game in that stadium in, in Primera. <laughs> because after, after Bo was sent, sent off, Patronato attacked so much. He looked like fucking Barcelona. Uh, against Union, it was amazing. Twenty-three shots. Yeah, wow. I know, right? Patronato. Yeah. You didn't expect that from Patronato. No, no, no. You certainly at all. So, <laughs> twice. and I think the main criticism it's that even if you want to to challenge for a South American spot, you don't risk your main players before traveling to Brazil and secure um, the qualification for the next round. And Bo got sent, sent off and Cabrera got injured, so it's more troubling than it looks like. And the second leg of that tie is? On Thursday. This week? Yes. Excellent. In the standings then, as we've said already, River still top the league, three points clear, 42 points for them. Boca Juniors are on 39. After the break, we will talk about both of the run-ins because there are only three games left each now. Argentinos Juniors are third with 35 points and Lanusa fourth with 34 points. 
mathematically, I suppose we could say as well that Rosario Central could still force a, a title playoff because they're nine points behind River on 33. But, I mean, as I said already, really, it's, it's a River and Boca two it's horse, a horse race, race at this stage. And then from and then it's a on shame because it's a shame because it looked like for a long time, for a long period of time in the in the league that Argentinians would be like right in the yeah, in I the mean, thick of that race. But uh, I they, think we kind of knew that once, once the Libertadores was over and, and once, well, more to the point, once... Bockers and Rivers' <laughs> involvement in the Libertadores ended, whenever that might happen to have been, um, that those two teams were always going to sort of, they were always likely to surge and, and mm. to be able to concentrate on it. Yeah, but the Libertadores, it, it's this year's Libertadores might still have a bit of an impact on the title race, as we'll discuss in the second half. But the thing is, is that uh, Argentinos uh, actually depended on themselves to like keep the ti- to keep the race going, and they faltered in the in the first. In the, in the early games of, yeah. uh, of 2020. Yeah, so through the first. I mean, it, the blame is still on them, I think. Mm. Um, so from third place, Argentinos down, it's a lot closer. Argentinos on 35, Lanús on 34, Central on 33, as we've just said, in third, fourth and fifth. Uh, Racing are in sixth on 32 points. Arsenal and Newells both have 31 points. Vélez and San Lorenzo both have 30. So crap as San Lorenzo are, <laughs> they're still only... Four points off a Libertadores spot. Um, and then Estudiantes Defensivos DC on 29 each. I won't go any further down than that. In the relegation <laughs> table, there has been a change, as we said, uh, because as Andres said, Aldosibi beating Huracan compared with Colón failing to beat uh, Racing um, means that Colón drop into the relegation zone and Aldosibi climb out of it. Central Cordoba, in spite of that thrashing by Boca, um, are still outside it. I think that they're quite likely to be safe. They've been a little bit unfortunate in terms of their recent form because of their last four games. In fact, the last three games, two of them have been against River and Boca. Yeah. Um, they've actually played four games so far this year and the, other, the two that haven't been against the two best teams in the country, they've won. Um, so I suspect that they'll be able to pull away. Uh, but it was not a good week for Gimnasia because they lost and... A lot of the other teams around them, Aldosibi and Patronato both won. Colón picked up a point as well, as we've said. Um, so Gimnasia now bottom of the, still bottom of the relegation table with 73 points from 72 games. Patronato, a second bottom with 78 points from 72 games. Colón have 82 from 72 point, uh, games. And we have been looking at Colón's total and saying that's what Gimnasia are going to have to pass to get you know safe. And now Colón aren't safe themselves. Um Albacibi 52 from 45, Central Quarter 24 from 20, we can kind of ignore those. Newells have 89 from 72, as do Banfield. Still a long way to go because the Copa Superliga group stages will also count towards relegation, remember. But at the moment, I think it's looking as if the momentum that first took hold of Gimnasia when Maradona uh, came in, um, is it's not going to hold. Was there ever any, to be honest? And the well, sign is It was, yeah, yeah. He did. It was a boost. definite boost. Considering how shit they were before. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think the mood has changed right now, and that's what it's failing him now. Yeah, because yeah. right now Maradona it's it's kind of having a media blast with the with the president saying that he he can um, fire him if he wants to. <laughs> we all know that Maradona needs to keep moving forward. The bandwagon needs to just keep rolling, otherwise it. Rolls off the tracks and explodes in the most well, the next, spectacular manner. Next week they have a, a big chance to score some supposedly easy three points against Independiente. Huh? Look, um, but I, I think Boca, right? in the okay. in the end, I'm not sure. Yeah, the last game of the seasons against Boca. Yeah, yeah. 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 because Pergolini said 
that Marana was not good with them, but they will receive him well because he's the area idol. And right. I, it currently looks like Maradona is only uh, like Caruso was in a, in a moment like the, the the manager you you hire when there's four games left in the season and give you a lift and try to climb you climb you out of relegation yeah, and, not like gi- and not give you a year because exactly. that doesn't make sense like Argentina yeah. sounds like the big sum yeah mm-hmm. uh, for now we're going to take a half time break when we come back we will talk a little bit about the Primera Femenina because Tony and I as we said last week we were going to attended a game um, at the weekend and what a game um, and we will also talk about some of the other off pitch <laughs> stuff and answer Lots and lots of list of questions, so don't go away. At the weekend, um, as we said last week, Tony and I and my girlfriend, um, for the first time ever attending a football match, decided to go along to the big Primera Femenina match of the weekend. Uh, it was fourth. Oh, it's fourth versus second now. I think it was fourth versus second at kickoff as well. It was, yeah. Um, as River Plate hosted Y Orquiza. Uh, Y Orquiza had lost one match in the previous twelve months, and that was a one-nil defeat to River in last year's championship um, group um, and they lost again rather more heavily than 1-0 yes and I I think it was I, I don't want to say surprising given that they won against Racing 2-1 and Racing could have drawn that game they have mm-hmm. plenty of chances to do it and after, and, and while you kids have started really well the game scoring uh, quite early yeah uh, it was about well, we're 13 minutes in. Yeah. Um, but after, that, after that, we were dominated, and Oyurkisa had maybe one or two chances more, but then it was just a river show, basically. They defended really well, um, and they were really quick on the counter attack, trying to, to press the wide defense and, and not let them not, not let them play, basically. One of the goals was actually uh, a, a recovery pressing the center back. In, in, in Swarm the, the area of, of, of Y and, and scoring the fourth goal. Mm. The the one that um, Justina Marcillo scored uh, loving the, the goalkeeper. Yes, yeah, yeah, really early in the. Oh no, sorry, the third one was like right from kick The, 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 the third one was after the kick in the, in the second yeah. half, yeah. The Vida uh, Simberry made a, a beautiful out, outside of the box goal. Mm. That was really spectacular. The, 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 it was just the, the, the first hit outside of the box and, and with all the, the effect on, on the ball, if you can can look it out on YouTube, because it is in YouTube. And it was after Wild Pisa kicked off as well, which yep. obviously River Plate fans quite enjoyed, um, for obvious historical reasons to do with the men's, national, uh, the men's team. Um, Tony, I did tell you at the time, I hope that you've remembered, that I was going to ask about Rivers numbers 5 and 10, because... I really like both of them. The number five, especially, was like a 21st century style number five, not a stopper at all. She had beautiful feet. It was just, she was great. 
Um, and, and watching those two teams, if you'd said one of these teams provides half of the national team, you would have guessed River. I mean, there's been a kind of levelling out, right, as a result of professionalism this season. It's kind of the, a new trend, if you want to, because Guayurquiza, historically, like you said, it's the main source of national team players. We, we saw four of them. We saw uh, one of the goalkeepers, that I just can't get the name right now, was the, goal, uh, the, uh, the second goalkeeper for the World Cup. And we have Dalila Hipólito, we have uh, Mariana Roquette, which we played... I don't want to say she played badly, but she it, it felt like she, she scored. She and did, then, and then nothing. As you said, River kind of dominated from there on, and she couldn't really. Yeah, but every time she she got the ball, the she wanted to you know show her skills mm. rather than trying to get a, a frustrating. Yeah, and and she was frustrated also because she always she was always claiming fouls and and, and trying to pick up with the referee, and it wasn't the best. Uh, showcase for her talent but uh, yeah I mean the trend is starting to, to change if you look at this and on the 20s and then 17s most of the players come from Boca, River even from the teams from, from the interior uh, you, you were talking about the number 5 of River Moreno hmm. it, it's starting to trying to get into the national team she's a little bit older than 20 but if you think of a uh, a prospect for the next next World Cup and trying to replace Miriam Mallorca, for example, the play yeah. for Guayurquiza um, or Chule Bravo. Moreno clearly is one of the players that you will think of and uh, trying to get a, a good core for the, the next World Cup. It, it was also a kind of an illustration of how far River have come us over the course of the season so far because they started the season uh, with that highly publicised game away to Boca in the Bombonera right before the men were playing. Um, and they were twatted, was it 5-0? Five 5-0, nil? Five yeah. Nil, yeah. Um, with uh, the former River striker who just signed for Boca that season, um, scoring a hat-trick. Funny, it is. Funny, it is. played for River, yeah. Um, and now they're, you know, they're taking on basically the other team who could realistically claim to be the best women's team in the, in the country. Indeed. Uh, and beating them 4-1, sort of 12 games later. Um, so there's, there's been some kind of an evolution there from, from River throughout the season clearly they're still only fourth well they're just behind San Lorenzo goal difference in fact so they're you know, joint third if you like um, but uh, they've, they've come into the season well they've grown into it right? yeah indeed and we have to, to wait and see because I mean it, it looks nice to win the, the, the whole tournament if you want to call it in a way but right now most of the teams in the top four is just relaxing and trying to to Wait until the Sonda Campeonato. There are uh, four games to go. Yeah, and it's more of uh, telling if Gimnasia, Lanús, Rosario Central, Estudiantes, or Platense can get into the Sonda Campeonato more than anything. I think Platense is the, only, the last team that could mathematically. Is it, is it the top eight going to the, yeah. the Sonda Campeonato yeah. and then the bottom nine? Well, Sad, Racing are also in the conversation. So, in fact, Boca are qualified already. Boca have got 37 points and ninth place Estudiantes have 17. So Boca are 20 points clear with... Oh, hang on. Estudiantes have only played 11 games so they've got five matches to go. So they've got... No, 15 to play for. Yeah, so, so Boca are through already. Uh, Guayurquiza, I think, by my, if my maths is right, need one more point. And therefore, San Lorenzo and River both just need a, a win each yeah. um, in their remaining four matches. And they play against Sat and El Porvenir and Excursionistas. Mm. It's... It's more a, a, a waiting and 
to to get that that qualifying clinch. It's a matter of time. Yeah, it's a matter of time. Uh, the, this section is necessarily quick because the first half was such a long one, but we will obviously keep you updated uh, with the Primera Femenina. And if you're in Buenos Aires and you want to go to a game, it was free. I mean, we yeah. just, we had to show our, our ID card, so I would assume that if you're coming as a tourist, you might need to show a passport or something on the gate. Driving yeah. license. Uh, and then you just walk in and it's, it's, it's just there. It's not in the Monumental, unfortunately, um, for reasons that Rivers directors are better placed to say than or try to make up excuses than, than we are. Yeah. Um, but just for free, so just a, just excellent value for money. Yeah, of course. And just to give you an example of what I was saying about the, the, the under twenties and the seventeens, uh, the the training camp for the for the Sudamericana, which is next month, has uh, four players that we saw on Saturday. Mm. We have Nicole Hein, Cristina Morcillo, Daniel Hipólito. Uh, Nicole Hein was the sub, the first sub for River, Yeah, right? the first sub. And Martina Del Treco, uh, she didn't play, but he was also on the, on the River uh, first team. So it, it shows, you, shows you how um, good this could, uh, crop of players could be. Yeah. Uh, with all the, uh, also uh, some players from the interior and some players from, the, from uh, Europe and in the USA. Mm. Um, off the pitch in the lower divisions over this weekend going back to the men's game uh, there have been some slightly insalubrious episodes <laughs> in the stands uh, I can't remember all of them one of them was at Nueva Chicago I remember that because my I local guess. bar is I still want to grab the headlines I saw a flag attacking up we have had a couple of, uh, of, of listeners questions about them so let's let's begin listeners questions shall we Sure. Unless anybody has anything oh, to add, what a that swift, we need to talk about so far. It's a swift segue. I've, I've just retweeted uh, Vlado Angelovsky's, uh, Angelkovsky's, uh, our newest Patreon supporter, um, question, when is the Super League implementing VAR? I retweeted it and then saw the date and remembered, I think, that we answered that right at the yes. end of yes. last week. Didn't it we? was thought next to season. be next season and the referee from Chile, uh, the, the, the Tobar. Tobar, it's doing the... the um, I mean, he was destined to, wasn't he? Yeah, and the, the the funny thing it's this this weekend he didn't call a penalty, mm. a really hard to miss penalty after a bar called, and he went to the to the monitor yeah, I mean, and said, nah, that's not a penalty." If we're gonna if we're gonna like um, get like um, if we're gonna get our in uh, first impression of VAR in South America from the the first time it was implemented at the Copa America in, in 2019 yes it was atrocious yes that was an atrocious showing of VAR and I've, basically I have, like and it will be like that here it's I've, I've, I've said before though that one of the, the things that you notice with the Libertadores um, knockout stages is, is that it seems to me that a lot of the officials just they need more practice with it because they're, they're only officiating from the Round of sixteen. Yes. Oh no, it's been the quarterfinals onwards until now. But from this year on, it's, it's going semi-finals to be round of the first onwards. year, then the quarters, and I'm guessing yeah. it's round. Yeah. Of, yeah. So it's now it's, this year is going to be the round of sixteen of both the Sudamericana and the Libertadores onwards. Um, but for most of the last two or three years, Brazil has been the only domestic league where it's been in place, and therefore the Brazilian referees are the only ones who are getting more than like two games yes, a year. Apart from the, the, the training, they also need. They, they obviously need. I I think that. For example, the system used in Europe is different than they used in Latin America, yeah, yeah. and that's why they 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 are six or seven minutes to to uh, review. It uh, absolutely, forever to watch just really really obvious things. I think, I think it's, things. Uh, well, it's kind of a, like a way to like divert all the attention to themselves. I mean, the thing the thing with the referees in South America is that they are 
very much almost like this Final huge so forces of personality. Yeah. And um, the 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 chance of ha like having all the all the cameras pointing oh, towards them in the in the, v in the in the VAR box. I mean, they really relish that possibility. So I, I remember when when I interviewed, uh, I might have mentioned this before on the pod. I can't remember. Um, a couple of times when I interviewed Horacio Alisondo, uh, the the greatest South American referee in the history of football. Um, of course, one of the first things that he told me was that he realised at quite a young age that if he was going to be a player, then he was just going to be like. Just as he puts it, uno del montón, <laughs> just one of a huge pile of players that Argentina produces. Uh, you know, he, he knew he wasn't anything special. Um, and the, the impression that I get with a lot of watching a lot of the other referees is that they really don't want to admit that they wouldn't be anything special as players. But they <laughs> want to be like, I'm the big man here. Yeah, um, exactly. Although yeah. it's always nice to, you know, if, if you watch a, a few European leagues and lots of Premier League and stuff. After a while, it's quite nice to switch back to the Superliga and see that when the players start yelling at the referee, the referee just yells straight back at them. Rather than it's like you have, it's like every single, like it's like every single referee in Argentina is Mike Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Wilson, not that one, uh, <laughs> says, "I'm just watching Estudiantes versus Defensa y Justicia." He sent us this one over the weekend. Uh, obviously, two things disturb me. First of all, defensa two 0 up, and the cat and the second, the camera angle. Is there a more vertiginous camera position in world football? Uh, this obviously is at Estudiantes' new stadium. Um, I have to admit, I've been a bit unlucky and haven't managed to actually catch either. Is it two yes. or home games? Two one, sorry, two one. Yeah, but I saw a few cam weird camera angles. He he's included a screenshot. Of, but while the ball is at the near top That's line, actually normal in Argentina. Yeah, so because we have... That's just some guy sitting on the roof. <laughs> yeah, because we have low stands with a really difficult angle. It's like a 45 camera yeah. angle. Mm. So right. we need to... Yeah. It's like, those things, over it, let's say. Yeah. it's like those things aren't taken into account when a stadium is being built. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Union has the same well, they literally wouldn't. I mean, okay, at the Estudiantes new stadium, it would have been, but most stadiums here were probably built before TV cameras were an everyday concern for the people putting them in. Well, but so still, I mean, you, you talk about, I mean, Independiente have a stadium built in 2009. True. and uh, yeah. El uh, Único de la Plata, also. El Único de la Plata, well, had serious renovations in 2011. Yeah. El Único is just an architectural nightmare, Sorry. to be honest. <laughs> I don't know who built it, but they yeah. deserve to lose their license. <laughs> Darren Paul says another bloody draw for Racing should we get two cents off every week to kickstart this <laughs> uh, we can try <laughs> uh, and he also says how do we feel about the Becca Sexy nickname this is the nickname well, that Racing fans have started giving Racing fans as um I mean, as an independent fan, Beca Sexy has been ar around for a long time. I think <laughs> it, even back when he was like a San Paoli's assistant, Beca oh, okay. Sexy was already on the rounds. Yeah, so it's it's the the first now he's got the ponytail. I mean, it was the first yeah. time he's taken ever it to, uh, I read that. Yeah. Or really? Heard that. Yes. I think he's taken it to a new level now, though, with the, with the, with the ponytail and the suit. Down. I mean, when he was managing independent, he had the, the long hair, the yeah. long hair and the tracksuit, and now and he's wearing suits. Canigia, 1990. Exactly. Yeah. And now, now yeah, he's, he's, he's all fancy and uh, and sharp looking yeah. while dressing. He's up to his game. He's definitely <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, David Novoshevsky says, if I could be so bold as to ask two, which you certainly can, David. <laughs> one. Was there any dirt on why the Geitsch move to Brugge didn't happen? I thought he'd gone for a medical, which leads me to think that it was close. Well, it's somebody sitting around this table has met Adolfo Geitsch, 
earlier <laughs> today. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, d- did you ask him about this, Tony? No, I told him to if he could go to London for six months. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as, as, far as, no. as, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, I think uh, Club Brugge actually signed uh, another player who was cheaper. From Dan, I think Dan. they got annoyed Obviously. with San Loren, like ah, so the way wanted to structure the payments. Exactly. So they wanted more money up front uh-huh. for obvious reasons, given that they're skin. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Brewer wasn't weren't very happy about it, so they went and, for another option. And, and Geitz was happy enough to accept this because it's not as if it's a move to Real Madrid. I, I seriously yeah. doubt yeah. how much knowledge he had of the move at all. Well, it all yeah, happened. Yeah, happened. He, he, he never saw Haaland before today. He told me. <laughs> I mean, he does have a TV, maybe. I, I mean, he would, he would, he would be playing Manchester United on Thursday if he were playing for a Brugger, Actually, I, I wouldn't complain if he was playing for Manchester United on Thursday <laughs> <laughs> instead of Igalo. Probably he's going for playing. I think well, he he now he's regretting a lot. Sorry, Andres. No, that Proveni Hausarus is playing. I think he might be regretting a lot. Not exactly. Um, actually, with the news of um, Uita Fernandez's uh, ACL tear, he's going to get a lot more game time. Yes, but he will be playing at San Lorenzo. That's right. Ah, that's a, that's a good window anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You score, you score. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's still a big fight team. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes. David's yeah. second question is: I have been noticing that attendance in matches is fairly low. For example. Um, Belgrano and Instituto fans please just put your fingers in your ears for a second <laughs> Cordoba versus San Lorenzo I was very confused, <laughs> was very confused about this when Central Central Cordoba. Cordoba. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Central Cordoba whose attendances <laughs> yeah. have been very good uh, given that Tacheres did host San Lorenzo just this last weekend then, I Arsenal versus Independiente San Lorenzo versus Lanús from last week uh, is this typical for clubs other than River and Boca or is this a recent trend yes or no both are true. I mean, it depends. Arsenal I mean, never picking had fans. Out, picking out an Arsenal home game as one of the three examples you've given us. I actually... I th- I, I, no, that, that, was, uh, that was Independiente was hosting that game. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, and I think there's a very specific reason. Yeah, there's a very specific reason. I mean, the fans are really, really, really angry at Mojano. I mean, the game was played on a Monday night. Yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of, like... Uh, Incentives to go watch Independiente that night. I think with Tashir is as well, right? Because Tashir is generally do pack a stadium. Might, maybe not the Kempis, but no, their the own Kempis. stadium they, yeah. they pack. And in big games, they're just very And they still pack it in big games. And Tashir is a very meh, they're not really doing anything. Mm. Like, it's probably just one to yes. But the other thing is that, you know, this, this is a country where the economy is con- constantly in some kind of turmoil. Tickets aren't cheap to, no. to football games. As I said, women's games you can get it for free. If you pick the right ones, uh, but tickets to Superliga matches are cheap, um, and and also particularly, I mean, just at the moment, we're what just over halfway through February. Some people are still going to be on the summer holidays that have yeah. sat out January and, and gone in February instead. Um, but yeah, I mean, by and large, and we're coming to the end of the league season. Remember, so the clubs who don't have quite so much to play for, perhaps, because nobody yeah. cares. I mean, sure. If you're a Tacheres fan, I'm sure you want to uh, see your team and, and cheer your team on as, as you try to get Sudamericana qualification. But, but you're not going to live and die over that qualification place. Exactly. So, I know that you have already talked about the uh, feminine football, but I, I think, what if you the, if AFA starts uh, making people pay to watch uh, feminine football? So that uh, more more players come. I guess come, come some some league. places do. When club, I went right? to see Platense mm. on Sunday, you have to pay a hundred pesos ah. as a contribution to the club. 
So that depends. On and there are other games right where they might ask you to take a take along a non-perishable food. Yeah, I mean, item oh, for yeah. charity. I suppose the river doesn't need. I know. 6,300 pesos given how many people go yeah. to, the, to the... Yeah, I think that, that's the thing. Sometimes tickets are not just really expensive, but also really hard to get. Yep. Yeah, place. it doesn't always make it easy. Yes. We now have to... Sorry, we have a quick on. example. Huracan started to sell the tickets against Atletico Nacional uh 450. And they had to put it down to 100. They members Yeah, and they, have, and they have to put it down to 150 because people were complaining. Wow. And some clubs also have this system of like, uh, well, such as Estudiantes, where there there are certain fans who go to certain games have more benefits over others. They have points and everything else. Yes. in Europe, yeah. Uh, we now have two very closely related questions uh, from Johnny and another one from Darren Paul. Johnny says, "Why is Danny slash Pablo Osvaldo now Danny slash Pablo Stone? Is he is this more marketing by the hipster doofus?" And Darren Paul says. <laughs> Why is Danny slash Pablo Osvaldo now Danny slash Pablo Stone? Is this more marketing by the hipster god? Um, so, the very short answer to this is, if you ask him, he's always been Danny Stone. That was what he was when he signed up on well, Twitter. He, his Twitter yeah, yeah, it's just and his nickname. Now, like, now he's walking the, the dog. The short answer is, he's a dickhead and somebody decided <laughs> to allow him to pick his own nickname, which nobody should ever do. I, ha- I have an argument with that on Twitter because, for example, Cal Tevez is Carlitos, but it's a short name yeah, for Carlos. Yeah, either. Unless you're Brazilian or a, a push certain kinds of Spaniards, you but should only want to say any Brazilians don't go by their nickname anymore. Wait, wait, wait. If I were president of FIFA, if you want to push the allowance what do you put on your surname? That's one of the worst ones. Yeah, but he's only known as Chicharito. Jay Hernandez no, is such no, a boring no. nickname. What about someone like uh, Raúl de Tomás who goes by RDT? It's not a nickname. It's a boring nickname. It's his name. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> funnier about Osvaldo is that he was asked, asked whether the t-shirt number 12 was because of the uh, bombonera or the, the Boca Barra Brava. Oh, yeah, sí. And he said, no, my birthday is the 12th of January. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's of course it is. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we've seen the Danny Stone nickname uh, all over Twitter, but he never wore it on his actual show. But yeah, basically yeah. somebody at Ban- Banfield's kit man really just isn't putting his foot down hard enough in my opinion. <laughs> uh, Lee Bartlett. Oh, uh, that's just reminded me that Lee actually has sent me another question via WhatsApp, but he's tweeted us this one. Um, so let's read this one first. Apparently there were more distasteful scenes in San Justo where Liniers played Central Balester. The Central Fascist. president got thumped along with most other Central players. Staff and officials allegedly stones were thrown in all sorts. What on earth caused it? And to link that in with the question that he sent me on WhatsApp this morning, uh, hi Sam, this is my oh sorry no, that was that was the reply he got from a Chicago fan. Uh, hi Sam, hope you and the pod team are well. What went on at Nueva Chicago yesterday? Fans attacking their own fans. What's that all about? I thought that only happened at West Ham. They've been fighting like. Uh... Like Subway avocado salesman. Indeed. Yeah. Lovely. I want to put down on a frame. There was like a, a foot long knife involved, which hence my machete coming ah, yes. right at the start of the, the podcast. Um, basically, it, it's a beef between different yeah. factions. And just a, there's a, a, yeah. Chicago a have, I think it's three different barras, something like that. Yeah. And I remember it at one point, um, this is obviously in the Argentine second or third division, uh, so there were no away fans. And each barra was, it was assigned. Also a long time ago, it was before the away fan ban. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah. Sec- no, but the second division band's been in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, for a game at Chicago, I think it, it started with a beef at Chicago. Very possibly, two thousand six. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for many years, each of the three barras in Chicago had their own stand. They weren't even allowed to stand in and the same was, stands. One would leave take the north end, one the south end, and the other kind of the wide um, east. Yeah, platea. Um, but and if you then I think there was a time where they kind of made friends again so they've all sort of migrated and it looks like everything's just gone to shit again yeah so um, stay away from Mateiros for a while for a while yeah. it's probably yeah, the yeah, best and now, and now there is a flag involved uh, did you saw the video of the the, the, the the guy running and the flag and he tried to evade the flag and <laughs> got into the head of, we should laugh but it's, on, it's kind of tragic comic I have to ask it Tony when, when you said a minute ago a beef in Chicago was that a deliberate pun? <laughs> no <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna give him my act like it is for the benefit of, uh, of listeners Nueva Chicago is, is, is called that because the area of Mataderos was referred to as New Chicago because of the number of slaughterhouses yes. uh, in the area apparently people in Chicago really like killing it was the centre of the US meatpacking industry. Can we um, answer Lee's other question about Liniers against Central Valencia? I venture to guess, without knowing anything about it, that <laughs> it's probably the same shit. <laughs> that sounds like a very hunterpod um, level of research <laughs> to put in. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Darren Paul, um, just for a change, Darren's asked another question in which he shoehorned a basketball reference in. Uh, in the British Basketball League, a second-tier side has made the trophy final for the first time, which is all top-tier and four second-tier sides entering. Is there any hope of anything similar in the Copa Argentina? Well, that's that's the that's 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 Mm. You're talking about just one game. 90 minutes anything. and then penalties, which makes it even more level. Exactly. Yeah. So um, anything can happen yeah. in, that, in those kind of games. That's why, for, yeah. for example, Boca Luka, lost to Almagro, Almagro, lost to Boca Unidos. Independiente lost to Brando de Roea a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of upsets. It's not so upsets. prestigious that as long as, like, as long as River and Boca are doing well enough in the league that they're confident of qualifying for the Libertadores via the league, they're not going to try too hard. And still, River are, are uh, two-time champions in right, the last but, couple of Argentinos. But last year, they won because that was their way into the Libertadores well, of course yeah. or, or rather it was their way of ensuring they didn't have to play until March because if they hadn't won that then they would have been playing in the ties that Atletico Tucumán have been playing in the last couple of weeks mm. which has just reminded me I promised you I'd, I'd give you all a, a rundown of what's going on in the Libertadores qualifiers uh, Darren has a related question some are falling are calling Solent the tier 2 type side the best basketball team in Britain has there ever been a time when this could even be suggested in Argentine football? I know that River and Independiente certainly weren't close to that when they went down. Now, personally, I would take a small amount of issue um, with uh, the, that idea for River, arguably. They did finish like seventh in the season-long table, the season they went down, and then they strengthened the squad. They started the next season, albeit only for maybe the first couple of matches because Lucas Ocampos was off pretty quickly into the next season to Monaco. Um, but and they Lanzini started. Was also they started the season in the second. Yes, Lanzini as well. Thank you. They started the season in the second division with, on paper, probably a stronger squad than they had finished seventh in mm. what would have been a year-long table 
the previous it's season. The best team overall, I think. I think probably no, probably there was but, a team. But, uh, but Darren's saying certainly weren't close to it. And I mean, given how even the Premier League yeah. was at the time, I would I think, think I would have fancied River to challenge for one of those titles. I mean, how did they, they finish the first season back mid-table, right? Yeah, yeah. In that account, if yeah. we're made something like or that. something like that, yeah. And uh, I remember, like, um, there was a time with Argentinos uh, under Heinze when they were promoted. Like, they walked into the first division. They were a really, really oh, good team. They yes. were certainly mm. one of the best teams to watch in the country. Yes, of course. Without with uh, Roland, Roland playing as a deep playing midfielder, for example, he was one of the best in Argentina, I yeah. think, before he was sold to Malaga. First, back, it's, up, it's really difficult. Just to up in 2012 Apertura in Argentina. <laughs> Carry on, Tony. Then Hinze, sorry, but Hinze uh, was out of uh, Argentina Juniors right away, or he stayed a lot of time? Uh, he, he left right away. He left okay. right away. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he, he quit just after the, they got them promoted. And then back in the annals of history, are there any kind of legendary lower league teams that people refer to? Are they? I mean, I'm asking... I guess our, two, our three uh, resident Argentines here. Yeah. I can't give an, a, an actual answer to that, but I, River, by the way, finished eighth in the 2012 Apertura. Um, before the Torneos Nacionales started, yeah, this is a, a whole of load of the Epoch. first division. Ah, I mean, the first yeah. division was only Buenos Aires, Rosario, yeah, La Plata. The only um, thing I can. The only team I can think of, I don't want to say it was the best because it wasn't. But the. If they won in the Primera, they could do something good. It was Gimnasia de Concepción when they got two times into the playoff because they were unlucky. I mean, two times they were fucked up with referees. <laughs> but they were a good team. They always got third for some reason. And when they got uh, in, in, in friendlies and when they tried to play against first team uh, first division teams they were vastly superior but didn't they didn't get any luck hmm. but I mean it's the only it's, it's the only uh, when was this? 2002 okay but I mean Boca was the best team in the country uh, mm. for a <laughs> yeah. mile you're I mean, not you're not suggesting that Gymnastia not at all not at all could they beat Boca not at all not at all that's the point not at all could they beat Real Madrid in, <laughs> but, in a one of game but if, if, if they they got uh, Promoted. Mm. I think they will get, I don't know, sixth, fifth, maybe. I don't know. I, 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 that reminds me that one time in 2002, I was living in Santa Fe, and the Barra Bravas of Union gets into an asado with Daniel Jimenez, the, 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 the referee, the famous referee. And the, 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 the very next day, the play at, at Union, and he uh, gave two penalties and two red cards. So. If that's not suspicious, I don't know what it is. That's fairly suspicious. <laughs> One thing that I would say is that shortly after this, Andres asked a question to Darren, uh, which caused Darren to go on a massive long thread, which is... <laughs> <laughs> um, you shouldn't encourage Darren. About the state of British basketball. And I'm, gonna, I'm mentioning this because it, I think it does feed into Darren's question, which just to remind us was a tier two side being the best team in the country. Um, <coughs> Argentine football and professionalism in Argentine football has been so long established um, that even though we talk about some ridiculously unprofessional stuff here on Hand of Pod from week in, week out, um, it's probably difficult to imagine something. Whereas the British basketball system, from what you tell us, Darren, sounds, I realise that it's professional, 
So I'm going to use this relatively and thoroughly in inverted commas, but it sounds relatively amateurish um, <laughs> in comparison, and therefore, by default, kind of easier for a tier two side to be arguably the best team in the country. Mm. Um, and then Darren's got another basketball question, <laughs> but Tony has put in some very hard work we to answer this, so here we go. I'm going to put some of the blame on Dante. Darren Paul, in light of the NBA All-Star game, uh, the most prestigious fixture on the National Basketball Association calendar. Is if it? you could select... With, uh, <laughs> what about the finals? My understanding... Do people even watch the All-Star game? <laughs> Look, <laughs> Darren is sufficiently inspired by it to write in <laughs> with a question. So it must be amazing. Uh, if you could select two 11-man squads or a five-a-side plus coach for time's sake for Buenos Aires province versus the rest of the country, who would make those squads? Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that Darren is overlooking the fact that Capital Federal is not part of Buenos Aires province, so let's just assume Buenos Aires City plus Buenos Aires province. Um, also, who would you have a winning? Who would you have winning a dribbling speed challenge and a long range challenge? I'm not sure what those mean. Like uh, dribbling from one end of the pitch to the other. Oh, okay. Is that something they're doing between us or between? No, no, no. no. I mean, he, he's like trying to like. Uh, make some sort of like uh, like train, train, train like the, right. yeah like uh, yes like the slam dunk like dunking challenge. slam dunk contest okay. the long range the long range has got to be Quintero right I mean yeah yeah save any yeah Quintero they should have won the postcards so. uh, Tony you've been researching these teams so yeah, I was really bored this afternoon really <laughs> yeah. bored this afternoon wait uh, uh, you were researching like uh, where each player was born yes ah. And I need domestic-based players, right? So no Messi. No, no Messi, Aguero, and stuff like that. So I made two teams, one from the capital and Gran Buenos Aires. For for anyone that doesn't know, uh, there is a part of the province of Buenos Aires that's like the big metropolitan area of the The capital city. Where almost all the clubs are based. Yeah, Yeah. 70%. And then the entire interior, including the rest of the province of Buenos Aires. Okay. Like Bahia Blanca or Mar del Plata. Out of interest, sure. before you start, sure. and because it appears as part of Greater Buenos Aires in, in the famous old Guillaté, have you included La Plata in I Greater asked him Buenos the same Aires? Thing. No. Okay. Just to drag but back very quickly to another... Greater Buenos Aires? Nah. Would you consider that like being on the edge? Yeah, but I made in the team, so I took the liberty not to. So that it would be more balanced, you know. Yes. So quickly... To no. take it back very quickly to Darren's previous or and before previous questions, <laughs> yes, I've lost which that. one? You um, just made me remember that Tigre team could be a contender that would yeah, because come under that really description of a lower league team because oh, while they hadn't gone before, down, they yeah. were already relegated. At, but the Boca, but as soon as they, the as soon as they, as soon as they dropped down, there, there, there was a, like a massive step. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Anyway, totally. While they were relegated, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be Super Liga All Star game. Quick, because I mean, from a historical point of view. Most of the very good players in Argentina came from the province of Santa Fe and Córdoba. <laughs> I mean, that's no doubt about it. If you think of Messi and Kempes, that's good enough. Mm. To, to. But Capital has a couple of players. So I put Andújar, which was born in Capital Federal, Montiel, González Catán, Pinola at Olivos, Izquierdos at Lanús, and Lucas Orban, also Capital at the defense. Marcone at Sarandí and Damián Batellini Don Torcuato as a... Um, 
I mean, they took the liberty with Watashini because they couldn't find a good enough number center midfielder. Saracho, uh, uh, he was born at Wilde, Teagua Almada at Ciudadela, Salvio at Avellaneda, and Maxi Romero at Moreno. That would be like... A no, 4-4-1-1. Four, four, one, one. Yeah, something like that. That sounds quite top-heavy to me, quality-wise. Yeah, the the they the don't know how very much. I know, I know. Marconi being this big shield in the yeah. middle with yeah. Batagini going. Much <laughs> I I took, I took off some injury players and stuff like that. And from and in the interior, you, you could choose between Andrade and Armani, because one is from <laughs> Mendoza, and one, another one from Castilla and the province of Santa Fe, the place where San Paoli was born. Yeah, yes. Brites as a right back, Juan Cruz Comar. He was born in Rosario, Martinez Cuarta at Mar del Plata, and Casco at Maria Grande. But Mar del Plata is Buenos Aires. No, it's not Greater Buenos Aires. Not going to Buenos Aires. Oh, okay. I was talking about the province. Um, Martinez uh, Casco was born in Maria Grande, uh, Entre Ríos. Robertone, also from Entre Ríos, Concordia. Ignacio Fernández at Castelli, Oof. which is also in the province of Buenos Aires, but outside the Greater area. Enzo Pérez at Mendoza. Silvio Romero at Córdoba. Nahuel Busto, also from Córdoba. And Gage, that also was born in Córdoba. I know who I'm putting my money on. I actually, wait, I actually interior. made a draft at Football Manager okay. and the interior team won 5-2. I'm wow. surprised. We should point out that uh, me and Tony were speaking this this afternoon by WhatsApp. He sent me his draft list, let's say, of the teams. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I had to be fairly, fairly rigorous going over the interior teams because... Roughly half or either past <laughs> or present Union players. But he, uh, he, he also, I mean, he I, I, I put, I put, I to get put it, to some get into substitutes and you, could, you <laughs> can think of Pulgar Rodriguez, that was born at Tucumán, yeah. Escoco, that was also uh, I mean, born in a little Pulga, city. Pulga over Silvio or Romero, maybe? I had to put it on full manager Pulgar Rodriguez because well, of the attributes. Now he's playing. And he's Concordia, right? He's from Concordia. You have Macherano. He was born in San Lorenzo. Yeah. So, and if you think of the substitutes or probably substitutes of the capital, you have Javier Garcia, Caruso, Agustin Almendra. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. A and it's it's also a testament of what I said before. Well, you're like saying Santa that there are better players. You know what? Would, you know what would be great? Um, I remember, like in the seventies, back when the national team actually was important. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> playing against provincial exactly yeah. they, used to, they used to play against like a team from Rosario or from Cor they play one yeah. well, there was this uh, very famous game where well, Karlovic uh, played mm -hmm. for Rosario mm -hmm. against the national team before the 74 World Cup and they got absolutely smashed yeah but it's it's, it's like a, it's a testament of uh, how good are the um, the grassroots at Cordoba and Santa Fe yes. and now in the Rios is also Mendoza yeah. has a, a good crop mm -hmm. of players and if you think back, there, there are clubs like Renato Cesarini and Newells that Grifa. always Grifa that always give uh, players to the national teams, and they're from well, the same area. Basically. Well, for example, the Sequel Barco, I think, came from Grifa's academy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, thank you very much for those questions, Darren. Um, <laughs> you've asked so many of them that this is going to be a much longer podcast than we were planning. But it seems only fair uh, to give Darren's um, basketball, British basketball. Uh, podcast, a bit of a plug as well. It's called Below the Rim. I am not a fan of British basketball, so I've never listened to it, but go and check it out if you are. I now have to. Or if you want to be. Try and find the next actual question. It's a very niche. I found the next actual question. It's from Nate Cubeta, who says Any thoughts on Ignacio Aliceda? He has been linked to my Chicago. Oh, sorry, that's it. The American city. Uh, Chicago <laughs> Fire. 
And I know that defensively, Odisia have produced a lot of good players recently. Well, first and foremost, Nate, well, what were you thinking about changing the, the crest? Oh, that's, that, that looks awful. Uh, awful. And, and the colours. Why? 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 I don't Damn think that this I was Nate's fault. America's fault. I know. But did we, did we know anything about Odisia? I, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> he, he played well at Ace Rasm. Did he? Yes. When? But this, this uh, championship. When did Racing play defensive justicia? I think the game before Independiente was against yes. defensive justicia. Right. No, it's against yeah. Argentinas. No, it wasn't against Argentinas, right? Oh, right. So but they, they, they he played against. Uh, but when? Like uh, last year. No memory of any games. No, he has no memory of any games prior, prior to the to the derby. <laughs> he, he only thinks of 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 Javier I, Siachi. My memory goes from Racing celebrating the title <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> a long black space. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> shouting at uh, Independiente fans in a bar in Uruguay, making my son cry. It's like the, the longest game. hangover ever. The game before Independiente was away to Argentinos. That was the game that I was at. The one-one yes. draw. Uh, prior to that, there was a one-one draw with Atlético Tucumán. Um, but I can confirm that Racing have played Defensa y Justicia this yeah. season. It was on the 29th of November. It was a one-one draw Another in Avellaneda. <laughs> Sorry, in mm. El Cilindro. I need to be a bit more um, specific. Though, <laughs> Must have been very clear. Um, anyway. Andres said he played well in that game. Yes, One hell of a memory from this. By and large, I have to say, now, now, I'm not, like, now that I'm making more money in terms of my, my income from doing uh, proofreading rather than from watching Argentine football, uh, I'm not watching quite as many Superliga matches as I was before. You probably picked up on this if you listened down the pod. Um, and Defensivo DC are one of the teams who are kind of flying a bit under my radar as a result. But if Andres <laughs> reckons he's decent, then we Chicago Fire have probably got a decent player. If he flops, blame Andres. He, he played similar, uh, some games decently. It's not, uh, I don't know, at Christian Baumann he played well, for yeah. example. But he, I think he could adapt to the MLS. Yeah, and uh, for what you're saying, he could fit... Chicago Fire's um, philosophy, if you want to call it in a way. Yes. Philosophy. Yeah. Someone, some like some it. sites like uh, Transfer Market compare uh, Alicia to Agustino Bando, who I think mm. has not been playing a lot mm. so far. Uh, Darren Paul's got another question, and this is what? literally a basketball question. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know about San Lorenzo's basketball department. Darren, we can't tell you anything, I'm afraid. No. Sorry. Uh, good. I've been hearing he, they're really good. They, they're they've good, got yeah. wings against uh, NBA teams. I mean, they're apparently like one of the best. Oh, teams they in did. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. Sure. they won against Flamengo. I think this is outside our Copa arena, Libertadores of this. Uh, Jasper or Haspar um, says, "Do you think Racing have failed to buy good wingers for Becasese's preferred four-three-three? Because the signing of Hector Fertoli seems quite underwhelming." Yeah, he played one decent game. Um, the first friendly uh, Racing played in, in 2020. Atletico Paranaense. Against Atletico Paranaense. Correct. And then, yeah, he's, uh, he was a little bit disappointing. I think he played the the part in the first couple of games. Um, and seems to have dropped down the pecking order a little bit. There's also I, I, I have to say, for me so far, he's largely replicated the kind of form he showed at Newell's. I, I seem to remember some point last year I said, I, I think he's got a certain amount of promise, but he's really struggling for consistency. He can be brilliant. And then yeah, I think that's honest. a fair assessment. The other guy who came in over the summer was Benja Garre, mm-hmm. uh, formerly of Vélez, and then Manchester under slightly murky circumstances, 
Uh, probably not the biggest scandal this week. You're not suggesting Man City, City do anything murky, are you? <laughs> perish the thought, Sam. Perish the thought. <laughs> Uh, he ended up at Man City then I think he was at Girona for a while hmm. never really played but has landed in Racing and they seem to be either taking him very slowly kind of through the reserve or else they've realised they've brought an absolute lemon and he'll never <laughs> see the light of day that's to be seen but he was he's kind of he is a winger um, but I would agree the players well, he, I mentioned it before a couple of weeks it, ago if it's any yeah. if it's any worth um, he seems to be a great great player every single save I played in career mode on FIFA that's pretty yeah that's encouraging I'll take that <laughs> also Bar- Barbona is playing more in the midfield right because yeah but Barbona's the same as Fertoli so inconsistent he has his peaks and troughs and a very difficult player to uh, to um, to bet your house on hmm. so uh, I was about to say Darren Paul, but it's not Darren Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Darren. Perfect Tommy says, do we know the format of next season's Superliga? Uh, as far as I know, we don't. But there, I see no reason, given that it's only going to involve one team fewer than this season's Superliga, I see no reason to, to think that it's going to be any different from this year's format. This is going to be a Superliga? Like a Superliga? Oh, yeah, it might not be the Superliga. Although I think um, the actual vote on that is going to apparently going to take place in October, so it might be the last Superliga before reverting to a Primera División the season after. But we will see. Obviously, we will keep you up to date with all of that news. Yes. Uh, yeah, Twenty-three team league isn't very like uh, a ship. Yeah, it's it's not just shit, but also it's like a night like a like a nightmare to like organize and to schedule. Yeah. It's a you have to factor in bye weeks for um, for clubs. Not just bye weeks, but it's like. It's an it's a really weird number. It's like yeah. way too many teams to to make a uh, way too many games to make it two rounds and way too little nah, games to make it two rounds. Two rounds. No, but I mean, four games here. Yeah, all of every division in England, apart from the Premier League, has twenty four well, teams. Yeah, four, forty six forty six teams, and that's the, a the, lot of games. The complication here is that in the middle of the season, you've got like a month during which it is actually too hot to play football. So I, I can well, understand. Well, that, the, the Superliga has currently has uh, twenty four teams, and they decided to make it just one round, yeah. and and they still wind about fixture congestion it's ridiculous <laughs> I mean um, um, well, they, they had to create like a, a tournament out of the blue to complete the, yeah, the fixture list presumably it's the ridiculous. same thing will happen next season and we're going to have to get out to like a 21 to or a 20 team people. division before we get home and away games Belgrano English says any thoughts on what happened at Nueva Chicago's match on Sunday well we've answered that one already and then what happened last week at Independiente Rivadavia which I have not heard about I have to admit. I'm going to go out on a limb without Internal battle bravo. Imagine that it was more of a <laughs> uh, He then also says it could be a Handapod extra topic. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, I didn't hear something right. about this. If, if we have a bit more time to research. Oh, go on. It was more of the same shit. Like, um. <laughs> then we will move on. Because this, is becoming, this is becoming a really, really long uh, question and answer so session. So your assumptions were true. And Jimmy, yes. we will probably go into that uh, as a Handapod extra topic at some point. Probably not tonight, but uh, at some other point. Um, da, 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 he suggested another possible topic for Handapod Extra um, so that's a nice one as well and that is that's it those are all of our questions Yay. I, as I said I was going to talk about the qualifiers for the Sudamericana and for the Libertadores I'm not going to now because we've gone on for really really ages uh, a really really long time I should say and we've still got Mystic Sam to come uh, what sure. I will quickly mention however <coughs> as I choke on my fernet is that tonight uh, Alcas versus Vélez Sarsfield is about to kick off in the Sudamericana. Uh, Vélez have a 1-0 lead from the first leg for that. Thanks and to then, Ricky Centurion's 
Wonderful girl. Yes, indeed. Ricky, Ricky Misha sent Dory on. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. Last that, week. That's a little bit <laughs> And then uh, later on, oh no, in fact, almost exactly the same time, so that must be kicking off in about 10 minutes as well. Um, in the first leg of the Libertadores third qualifying round, Independiente Medellin versus Atletico Tucumán is kicking off. I will give you the full time scores for both of those after the final. If Atletico Tucumán, sorry, if Atletico Tucumán advances, they will be at the group stage with Boca, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember whether it's Boca's group, but yeah, it's this is the last qualifying round. It's Boca's yeah. group. Now, Just to clarify, oh God, sorry, God. one more message. <laughs> the thing with uh, Independiente de Rivadavia was that. Um, their game against Atlanta was suspended because their fans just went apeshit and oh, started right. okay. killing each other, basically. Well, yeah. There we go. At home. At, at home, Mendoza. Yes. Okay. Um, right. We're now going to play some theme music, and when we come back, you will hear my predictions for this weekend. Right, here we go. This weekend's fixtures. Banfield versus Aldo Sibi. I'm going for a Banfield win. Um, Argentinos versus Patronato. Oof. Don't watch that one. Um, Argentinos to edge it. Maybe. Uh, on Saturday, San Lorenzo versus Racing is going to be a Racing win. I don't know why I sounded like I was thinking too much about that one. It's fairly obvious. Independiente at home to Gimnasia. Um, mm, mm, okay. We'll go for Independiente to win that one. And Atletico Tucumán. It's Gimnasia. <laughs> it's Independiente. There are two quarter to ten games this weekend. They are at, uh, this Saturday. Atletico Tucumán versus Lanús. Yes, Tucumán. you got to play that time. True. Uh, I'm going for Lanús there. And Newells versus Colón. The... Derby of the teams who, as we revealed on Hand of Pod Extra a few weeks ago, um, have cloned shirts because the guy making Colon shirts got the colours mixed up and put them the wrong way round. Um, Newells versus Colon, I think, is going to be a, a draw and probably also a match that isn't really worth watching. Neither of those quarter to ten kickoffs are actually making me very excited about watching football. Could be a bit of a relegation, not point zero yeah, point six point. Could be, but. Sunday, Arsenal are at home to Belles, and I think that will be a draw. Although Belles have got a very long away uh, flight, but oh no, but it's Tuesday, isn't it? We're recording really early this week, so maybe that shouldn't affect it too much. Boca Juniors at home to Godoy Cruz. I mean, the second best team in the country, or possibly the best team in the country, at home to indisputably the worst team in the top division. Um, I think that that's going to be a fairly handy Boca win. <laughs> Estudiantes versus River. Javier Mascherano. I think this is the game. Game against his former Ooh. club. And um, we, we said we were going to do the run-ins, but we haven't done. So we'll do them really quickly at the very end. But I think because of River's very strong away form recently, and because it's River, I think that they'll get a win. Defensive Justicia versus Rosario Central uh, will be a Defensive Justicia win. Tacheres versus Huracan um, is going to be a, a game which you shouldn't watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is not a quarter to ten one. They've put the worst games on it late yes. night. Um, Tacheres versus Huracan is going to be a draw, and Union versus Central Cordoba de Santiago de Estero is going to be an Union win. Now, the run ins for Boca and for River. Boca have got two home games. 
And Boca, I've also gone through and, and I made a note on Twitter of uh, the current league positions of all of the teams that they're playing. Uh, so I think reasonably indisputably, I don't think anybody can really argue with the statement that Boca have the easier run in, even ignoring the fact that they've got two home games and River have got two away games from those last three games. Um, Boca's remaining matches are, therefore, at home to Godoy Cruz and then at home to... Oh, hang on, this app has got the, the dates mixed up. So I think it's at home to Godoy Cruz and then away to Colón and then at home to Gimnasia yes. on the last day. Obviously, that's at home to Diego Maradona's Gimnasia in the Bombonera, uh, where Maradona, in spite of what some of Boca's directors are saying, did play reasonably well for a bit <laughs> and is, has quite some identification with the team. So that is, there's perhaps some jeopardy there and Gimnasia aren't going to lack motivation. Um, whereas Rivers... Uh, remaining so basically those are like three of the bottom five or six teams or something in the league at the moment and Rivers remaining matches are against the teams I think currently in 11th 12th and 14th or something they are away to Estudiantes this weekend at home to Defensa y Justicia and then away to Atletico Tucumán I think it's really nicely poised because of the fact that River have the three point advantage but the harder running um, and, and still, also but still we'll maybe against teams with not so much motivation Pardon? In River's case, maybe against well, teams with not so much motivation. Well, oh, possibly, yeah, although they're going to be fighting for relegation. qualification. Yeah, but as we said, sort of many kindness, though. And, and, I mean, Godoy Cruz don't have any motivation. And also, like, they're, they're River, uh, River has also found a way of winning, uh, of winning games no matter what. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the team, whether they're um, steamrolling through the rivals or, like, and have it much rougher. I mean, it's like death taxes and they were winning. And to set, I, to set against... It, this game. Sorry, you sorry. Sorry, yeah. To, to set against the fact that two of River's three games are away is also the fact that River's away form this season is terrifying. They have played 10 away matches in this season's Superliga. They have won eight and drawn two and lost none. Well, I mean, arguably, they prefer to have two of their last three games away than at home because they've yeah. lost several at the Monumental so the other they've way lost all of their games in the Monumental which means they've four league defeats I think that the way the other way around at Boca even when they won 4-0 mm. against Central Córdoba because Godoy Cruz and Gimnasia also are teams easily beatable yeah. win, yeah. win the, I'm not saying that Estudiantes is going to win against River but if there is I think if River wants that game that's that, that there is there is no chance for Boca because I think it's the only team yeah. from the, the three left that could to the battle against yeah. River. I, I think that's, that's probably fair. Uh, this weekend it really could be. I mean, obviously if Boca had somehow slipped up and lost to Central Cordoba, then River could actually clinch the title next week mathematically. That's well, not going to happen now. Um, if In fact, they, they could uh, be at, be, before your place, join top, because yeah. they play before, of course. Um, if um, both teams finish... If any two teams finish in first place at the top of the league, then there will be a one-match playoff to be played no more than three days after the conclusion of the league season, as is always the case in Argentina. Even though a few years ago they made Vélez play a playoff against Boca like a week and a half afterwards, uh, because they just decided to make it up in the moment so that Boca could qualify for the Libertadores. Um, and yeah, that's that. So at the moment, I, I think though that 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 playoff is a very realistic possibility. Um, it might be a slightly an even more realistic possibility if if River weren't in such absolutely terrifying form. Um, it would be like the first. Uh, it would be like breaking the spell of Gallardo's lack of success or even caring 
for the for the league actually. Yeah. So it would be like the perfect send off for him if he ever decides to leave in I think in he's June. Not being focused or not caring about that because when they have the goal and they say he says we will go and win this. They tried. They, they, well, yes, of course. I remember in his first uh, tournament in 2014 when he had that. Uh, Top of the league clash against Racing, he decidedly, decidedly played with the reserves. Yeah. With reserves, exactly. He played the first choice defense and reserve attackers, and it was in defense where the team fucked up. Yeah. So draw your own conclusions. Anyway, uh, on that note, thank you very much indeed for listening uh, for another week. Thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters. If you want to be one of them, then or if you are one of them, then you're going to get an extra hand of pod that we're about to record now. Uh, thank you very much especially to Prismek Sobstel. Everybody, please go to albicelestes.com. Um, check that out. Uh, thank you very much for the sponsorship for the month, Prismek. And to Fanatiz, fntz.co slash HOP and discount code HOPFZ if you want 20% off for your first three months. For now, it's thanks and good night from Santi. Well, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be joined to be joined by you guys. It's nice to have you uh, involved at last, Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. English Dan. Good night, Tony. Thank you. Good night. And me. Thank you. And goodbye. Two full-time scores to tell you about in the Copa Libertadores. Atlético Tucumán have lost uh, their qualifying third round third qualifying round first leg 1-0 away to Independiente Medellin Um, and in the Sudamericana the second leg um, of Belisarsfield's qualifier ended 2-1 to Alcas Um, Alexander Alvarado and John Espinosa giving Alcas a 2-0 lead and then Thiago Almada um pulled one back for Belles at the end with a 96th minute penalty uh, which made it 2-1 at full time 2-2 on aggregate and therefore sent Belles through on away goals um, to the next round so they were somewhat fortunate to escape with the just about the result that they needed um, from that one